0: In a talk about the art of cinema and the phenomenon of light, Hanyo Berzem takes a moment to have us think about light and painting, and he suggests we see a red bag on that table, rather than a multiplicity of single rays of light being partly reflected and partly absorbed by and on the irregular surface of the bag, We're gathering the singular rays of light on that irregular surface into a general red when we say it is a red bag, because there are hundreds of reds on that surface. Some of them are dark because the light doesn't get there because the surface is too rough. So again, we tend to generalize into a red bag and a green bag and a yellow bag, but that is extremely broad and we're losing the beauty of the complexity of what is actually there. That's where artists come in, words of Dr. Berezem from the University of Cologne. We might say that Joe Cluck is in love with light, in love with color, In fact, if he's chosen red apples as his subject, he can be so absorbed by what the light is doing before his very eyes that he is in another zone. It becomes the light and the apples and Joe as one. Joe Kluck is an award-winning artist from Wayne County. He's had his own sign business, signs around town for over 30 years. His medium of choice is pastels. His work is part of the current exhibition titled Pep Boys at the AFA Gallery in Scranton, Artists for Art, with works by Earl Lehman and Mickey Campbell as well. There will be one more weekend to see the show this Thursday, Friday and Saturday, noon to six, and then you'll be able shortly after that to take a virtual tour. Joe is a longtime member of the AFA Gallery, and on the occasion of an Artist for Art auction, in which one of Joe's paintings of pears was featured, we had a chance to talk with him about his creative life.
1: I was always the kind of person who had a pencil in my hand and I could draw, and that caused me to get in places that I normally didn't want to be, normally the principal's office many times and uh, I would draw in class and teachers back when I was in elementary school didn't like you to draw so I would draw and uh, instead of listening to the teachers I'd be drawn in notebooks and on the corners of my pages and things and so I got to know the secretary at the principal's office very well ended up drawing the ferns and the books and the things that were on the shelves and so forth and so that's always been a part of me you know to draw and to have a pencil in my hand and. First of all, I can't sit still, so that was the kind of thing that took my energies with me there.
0: Was there anything in your family, anyone doing artwork no, around you? Uh,
1: no, And that was something that my mother always would say to me, where did you get this from? Uh, nobody in the family ever had any kind of artistic ability in a sense that there was no one who drew or and so forth. But back then, you have to realize it was a different time, too raising a family and having children and being around other people and seeing that uh, you didn't have time to draw. You were you were thinking about making, making ends meet, you know, making your own clothes or if you tore your pants, patching them.
0: Did you formalize your art impulse? Did you study
1: art? No, I didn't have any I have no formal training in art other than a curiosity and other than a keen eye to see things and to notice colors and to notice compositions and and so forth. And so uh, I'm always the kind of guy when I go to see art I stand about an inch away from it and pick the paint off the canvas with my eyes, you know, and to see how do they do that and how do they combine their colors and what their brush strokes are like and and I always look at paintings from a different angle. I get down low and I'll look up at them and I'll see how their brush strokes are and what changes they've made or any kind of corrections that they had on a particular piece and then i'm also a member of the hanging committee at AFA, and this is the group of individuals who arranges the monthly exhibitions and so that's been a wonderful experience for me in that i learn so much from those individuals who hang with me and the pieces that we do hang i see how they're put together how they're framed uh, the types of materials that they see. So the opportunity to hold a wonderful piece of art in your hands and to look at it sideways and tip it upside down and do all those kinds of things to it is just a truly educational endeavor for me, and I learned so much from that.
0: I'd like to talk to you about the sign-making aspect of your talents. Oh,
1: yes. I also make signs. I do hand-carved signs in gold leaf, and uh, I've been doing that for about... I don't know, over 25 years. I started out hand lettering windows and truck doors and so forth. And then the sign industry since then has changed significantly to include more digital graphics, more computer assisted design, and with vinyl lettering has replaced hand lettering in many aspects. And so I thought, well, I needed to change myself to offer something that no one else does and to create my own little niche and so that seemed to fall into place with doing hand carving and gold leaf and that kind of stuff. The signs that I use are all carved in wood. Usually it's either redwood or cedar depending upon what's available and the type of uh, job that's required. But there are new substrates out now called foam. HDU foam, high-density urethane foam. And so um, you can carve that also. So that holds up very nicely depending upon the application and where it's going to go, you just go ahead and do that.
0: What about this love of nature? Where does that come from?
1: Well, even you look around, you you can see that art is everywhere. And it's just the job of the artist to bring that to the public's eye. And so I noticed different shapes and colors and compositions that naturally occur in nature. And, and so... I I study how color is in certain objects such as insects or birds or animals and how they use color for survival, for attention, and for uh, their own recognition. And so I note that and I I say, okay, I, I like the color orange today for some reason and I want to put that in a painting. And so I recently completed a painting with orange Japanese lanterns in it
0: the orange is there but you got the fragility of the lanterns there's a spray of them on a the table right
1: well what i notice when i notice these flowers these japanese lanterns in our garden i notice the transparency of them and i notice the the fragility of their of their shapes in a sense and so when i place them in a strong light source such as sunlight coming into a room like i did I got a a different perspective of the the whole flower in itself. The transparency came through, the flowers illuminated, they illuminated each other, they illuminated the stems, and so I wanted to capture all of that within the piece there.
0: And what are your favorite media? I work exclusively in
1: pastels, and pastels I find I enjoy them immensely because I don't have to wait for them to dry like oils. The immediacy of the colors, the variety of colors is much broader than oils are. I'm I'm afraid to work in watercolors because I just I I don't know why, but I I look at them and think, Oh, I don't know if I want to try them. But I love pastels and I work vertically. I have a easels and a, and I attach the drawing, the sketch to a vertical wall and I'll use a mall stick. A mall stick is a Long piece of wood or metal with a non slip rubber edge to it, and I use it up. And so, my sign making techniques come into play there when I'm painting my fine details in the pears or in apples or in the Chinese lanterns.
0: And you do have this sense about light. Well, it's all about the light, and you know, without
1: light, nothing is possible. You know, flowers don't grow, we don't see you know things don't move in a sense we need to have that light and so as an artist you try to look at the way light cascades across an object and to see the brilliance of one side of the light versus the the darkness of the opposite side of that light you know so to me it's it's just a natural I'm I'm attracted to the light like a moth to a light you know I can't get enough of it in some sense
0: do you go out into the field, plein air work, or do you go out and look and then go back to the studio? Well, How do you...
1: I'll go out and look, and then I'll take my camera. I'll take my sketch pad and sketch. I'll take my camera or my iPhone and take pictures, and then I'll make notes. When I'll take the pictures, I'll print them out, and then I'll write on there particular notes about uh, what I want to emphasize, what color choices I want to make, what palette I want to look at. What effect do I want to do? When, when you work with pastels there are a variety of papers that you can use and you have to work kind of backwards in a sense. You have to envision what you want the finished piece to look like and then determine the materials you choose in terms of paper and in terms of the degrees of pastels that you use and then work them together and then that will determine the type of look that you want, the product that you want at the end. Now, for the particular piece, like these pears that I did, they are on a on a paper called Uart. Now, there's several different varieties of paper that are manufactured for pastel artists. And there's a Wallace sanded paper. This particular brand of paper is called Uart. Now, when I say sanded paper, it is like sandpaper that many people are familiar with. And so there are different grades of paper and the higher number means a finer grade. And so UART goes from 280 to 400 to 600 to 800. And these pairs are on UART 800, which is a fine detailed piece of paper. It's sanded so that it holds the pigment yet it allows you to blend and to shade and so forth. So when I'm blending and shading, my hands are full and they're, they're colors of the paper. I really get involved with that, so I truly enjoy that.
0: Where did the pears come from? Okay. How did you arrange them?
1: Our son, planted. he's a member of the National Arbor Day Foundation. And so he, many years ago, sent a few dollars to this Arbor Day Foundation, and they sent him 10 trees. So he planted these 10 trees around our land, and one of the trees that he planted grew pears. And so I picked these pears and put them on our table, and one morning the sun was shining through the curtains and illuminated the pears. And I said, I gotta get my camera, and I took the picture, and then it ended up with a series of paintings called the pears. And so this is the second in the series of paintings. That's why it's called pears again. I did a third one called Pears Final. I did pears, pears again, and pears final. And they're all similar varieties, similar settings of these pears.
0: And you have left some of the leaves on the oh, pears.
1: Yeah. There, There certainly are a design element in that case, in that they add something to this particular painting, in that they add a, a different texture, different colors. They also provide shadows, nice layers of shadows, that also make this composition very, very nice. Um, I always try to include some sort of gimmick in my pieces. And so the gimmick in this particular one is the pear that's in the back. It's a shadow there. It's a shadow there. You look at it, you see it, and you know it's there. And so that's just a little trick that I use. It makes the picture much more interesting than just the three objects in the front. It gives you one more in the back to look at there. And you wonder, what is that? And then you see it and you understand that that's another pair there.
0: There is a whole range of color in
1: there. Right. There's, a, there's, oh. I use a variety of pastels. And there's, I use about four, I use four different brands of pastels exclusively. I use uh, Sennelier, I use Rembrandts, I use a pastel pencil, and I use a new pastel stick. And I choose the pastels based upon the color and the softness of them. And so when you look at this portion in here, that's Sennelier pastel. And when you look at this lighter portion in the middle here, that's the Sennelier. And then I blend it with a new pastel stick in this area to give it that shape, that curvature there.
0: You use the word illusion when we were looking at the apple basket and it is that isn't it yes we could reach out and feel the rounded quality we smell the snap of the apple in the basket tumbling out what about the illusion what does that do for us as viewers
1: well i hope that what i do provides somebody a sense of of oh that's pretty neat or i hope that they find oh i really like that or i see something that i never thought of before And like I said earlier, the job of the artist is to see art and to bring that art to everybody's perspective during the course of their lives. And when we look at objects in the course of our lives, we are so busy and so involved with everything else that we sort of overlook the little kinds of details that are involved with all of those. And so if I can see the nuance of color in a particular object and to put a little speck of light there, a white versus the gray or black, to make an object stand out a little more and to give a little more depth and shape, then that's that's what I that's I feel my job is is that's what my job is actually as an artist.
0: Does it have to do with beauty?
1: To me, it does. You know, I look at th- I look and I find I find objects that are interesting to me, and I try to think of them and I say, has anyone else done this kind of thing before? And so beauty is important. It has to be something I find beautiful, but it also has to be something that I find interesting also and yet different in that sense. I I was in a gallery in Honesdale and the curator of the gallery said, oh, another landscape. And I thought, hmm, she's right, just another landscape. And I said, well, let's look at that landscape and make it a little different and give a little bit of a twist. And so I find myself now going to do more these kinds of drawings more still lives and uh, to give them the stark contrast of the front the light cascading on something versus the really dark background you know it's all about contrast in that sense to me
0: have you looked at those dutch still lives
1: certainly in the art i've taken an art history class and i've been around art you know, and and certainly with the explosion of the internet and our availability of the electronic, you can go anywhere really, really quickly. So, I've been looking at that particular. I look at those things. I look at Van Gogh. I look at Renoir. I look at Monet. I look at George O'Keefe, All those big names, you know. I look at Earl Lehman, and I look at all the local artists that are around here. Mark Sioka and and uh, Sharon Cosgrove, wonderful, wonderful painters. And like I said, I learn from them, and I learn from what color choices do they use, and what their design elements are like, and what their picture compositions are like. And so, in the bat of an eye, I've taken in so much from from being around their paintings, their pieces.
0: You've not lost that child, little Joe, in the principal's office kind of attitude where you're always looking and always learning.
1: Of course, why not? You know, I can't sit still for one particular moment. And so I'm always finding something unusual about things, you know. And I look at something, I think, how could I put him in a picture? How could I portray him differently, you know? For instance, the other day we were watching something on television, and there was an interview of a, of a singer, and I was thinking, how would I paint her as a portrait? And then she was moving around, and I thought, okay, I see what I would want to do. And I would want to paint that like that, you know. So. There's always that aspect that I'm looking for all the time.
0: Tell us about your studio
1: My studio is a, is a war zone let's put it that way my my floor is like a Jackson Pollock painting you know it's been there for thirty years now, and so all the remnants of of paint splattered all over the floor and things like that. people who come there say, "Wow, you should cut this floor up and put it in a frame because it's so interesting there and it's my it's it's my domain and I love it there and it's a comfortable setting for me, so my tools are there, my easel is there, my my lights are there, my music is there. So all the things that I need to carry on and be creative and goof around and not worry about anybody seeing me are all there, you know.
0: Is your music Dylan? Did I read? What, what do you like?
1: Oh, no, Jackson Brown, um, The Civil Wars, the band called The Civil Wars, and so they have a variety of things there, you know. It's always fun to hear a song that you know and hear someone else sing a different version of it, and so you really pay attention to it. You know, you really... Ah, they were singing they were singing a Michael Jackson song, Billie Jean. I was thinking, Billie Jean, and they sang it, and I listened to this thing in a whole different way now, and I was thinking, this is so beautiful, this song. The Civil War is singing Billie Jean. I couldn't believe it.
0: <laughs> so there's a rhythm in music that is like the rhythm of making the strokes or not?
1: Oh, dear, that gets into another subject. Mary, who's sitting over here to our right, to my right, will have a lot of fun doing this, and she will sneak up on me as I'm painting and go, boo, and I will jump and hit the ceiling. (laughs) And so I'll be so engrossed in the painting that I will drown out everything else that's going on and just focus on that color, that stroke, that line. But the sound of that brush or that chalk or whatever that is going down on the paper, I'll hear that and it's so relaxing to me in that sense. It's It's just amazing. I will come out of there after painting for an hour or so, totally exhausted but I still can't fall asleep because of that, you know, so I'll be just like, worn away. But what a feeling I have, you know. So I can understand the art therapy behind all of that, and I can understand how people uh, use that as an escape for whatever they're into. But uh, it's just, it's something that I'm, it's a privilege for me to be able to draw and to be able to find that thing. It's kind of like a runner's high when you run after a few miles and you wonder how did you get where you are? That's the same thing I do when I'm painting. I'm thinking, how did I do that? You know, and I never realize it. So I'm always challenging myself to do better and to do better and to try to do different kinds of things. And so I'm very happy with the results at this point.
0: Joe Cluck is an award-winning artist from Wayne County. He has his own sign business, signs around town, And he is part of the current exhibition at the Artists for Art Gallery in downtown Scranton. It's titled Pep Boys and features the work of Earl Lehman and Mickey Campbell as well. And there's one more weekend to see the show. This Thursday, Friday and Saturday, noon to six, the Alpha Gallery 101 Penn Avenue, again in downtown Scranton, and shortly after that you'll be able to take a virtual tour of the exhibit and you can find that on the artists for art youtube channel or the website and so we'll give you that website address it's artistsforart.org artistsforart.org and if you'd like to see more of Joe's work or some of Joe's work if you haven't been able to imagine it in your own mind's eye. Joe, J-O-E-K-L-U-C-K dot com. J-O-E-K-L-U-C-K dot com. And that's an exhibit titled Pep Boys at the Artists for Art Gallery, Penn Avenue in Scranton. And it's up through the end of the week, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, noon to six, And for a chance to see it, if you can't get there, it will be up online, a virtual tour on the website of the Alpha Gallery or the YouTube channel, really. So for more information on the web, artistsforart.org, artistsforart.org.